Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Kyle, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer, please? Absolutely. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord, and another opportunity to gather in your name, Lord, to have you flow through our midst, Lord, to teach us and to guide us your truth, your ways, and just about you, Lord, your characteristics, Lord. And I thank you for the mercy that you give us and the compassion and the love that you minister to each and every one of us, Lord. And I thank you for today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning and welcome, everyone. Uh, we are getting ready to begin our study of the book of Romans, which is, uh, they're all great books. And this is a book that many go to in scripture to establish structure. So um, there is structure definitely covered in this book as the Lord writes through the Apostle Paul. And as we get into that, I am excited to see what else the Lord is going to reveal and minister to each one of us uh, that we can share and ultimately grow together into the fullness of the measure of the stature of man, which is Jesus the Christ. So with that being said, can I get a volunteer to read the first 15 verses of chapter one, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you are also the called of Jesus Christ. So all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request that by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but it was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. (laughs) Amen. So, with that, and as we were talking about structure, right, um, little background, uh, historians and whatnot, scholars will tell us that Romans was written while Paul was actually ministering in Corinth, right, to the church, to the Corinthians, establishing that church. And he sent this letter ahead of his arrival to Rome. All right, so just for a little background, biblical knowledge, so with that and with that being said that i'll say out of the way 
<laughs> or covered. A better way to phrase that. I want to open the floor up to to each of each of you to share what the Holy Spirit has for you as minister to you that we can all learn and grow together. All right, and, okay. and of course, yes. okay. to ask any questions that you have. So that's always a, a thing mm-hmm. here, right? That's part of how we learn and grow, right? We ask questions. Yes, yes. So, who would like to begin? Um, I found it interesting in verse 7 where Paul said to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Now, it just struck me interesting that um, Paul decided to use the word called, as, and it reminded me of Jesus and the disciples where he called them out of the boat like the first disciples or wherever they were and that was what he was asking them to do to be fishers of men and um now we see we've read a little bit in corinthians about the different um callings like being an apostle and a prophet and how um sometimes we get caught up in position instead of looking at the greater picture or what god intends to do that we miss the blessing that he has in store for us and so he's saying um he as in paul is saying you're called to be saints that's your calling that's what he's asking you to be it's not necessarily about being a prophet or an evangelist or a a teacher although those are important and they have significance in the eyes of the lord that's not the end all be all and so we all have a place in his family it's not um he just created a bunch of stuff and it's sitting in a storage closet because now he he doesn't need it but everything he created there was a purpose for it um a destination for it to go and our destination were to be saints and ultimately be rejoined to the heavenly community from which we first originated from Hmm. amen Mm -hmm. excellent thank you anyone else Mm -hmm. i'll go all right la charles you got it, sir? I just have to get back to Romans. I'm almost there. Okay. okay. <laughs> I found it interesting in verse 13 when Paul said, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brother, than I often plan to come to you. It just reminds the Lord was showing me that. Uh, he always gives us the opportunity to sort out whatever we need to sort out before he comes. And that he just brought me to Matthew and Isaiah. We'll start Isaiah 43. You guys can tell me when you're there. Which verse? Isaiah 40, verse 3. Okay, that's, that's oh. not what I heard. I heard 40. Like three, chapter not 40, 43. verse 3. So, Isaiah 40, verse 3. All right. Yes. Do. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, sir. I'm there. In the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Okay, then, Matt. Matthew verse Matthew chapter 26 we'll start at verse 17 through 25 
Now on the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for us to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Actually, we don't need to read further. We'll just go to 19. The Lord was just showing me that uh, he always gives us the opportunity to prepare what we need to prepare before it's coming. He doesn't just startle you and jump out and say, okay. While he does do that sometimes in the case of him coming back, nobody knows when that's going to happen. He doesn't make a habit of saying, he says, I'll give, I'm giving you an opportunity to sort this out before I come and do it for you. Mm-hmm. Like you and mommy, you say, you guys have the opportunity to fix yourselves, and then we have to come and help you do it because you're not doing it. The same is true with the Lord. He always has something he's doing with you, and he gives it to you first. And it just reminds me of, let's say we're told to go clean something. We're given the opportunity to go clean it first, but then when it's not clean, that's when we have to be sent back multiple times to do it. And yes, Molly? Oh, go ahead. I have a question for you when you're done. <laughs> go ahead. We had to be sent back multiple times to do it because we have failed to do it. The same issue here. Paul is saying, I have I don't want to drop in with you guys, but you guys need to make sure that you're ready for when I come. Have all the basics laid out so that way you can understand what I'm trying to tell you. And not trying to go from scratch and then oh man what is he talking about <laughs> well yes Molly. I, I have a question all right why yes. did your mind automatically jump to or why did you think he meant that they were going to be in some sort of trouble when he when he came and that he was um paul being hindered was related to their preparedness versus maybe him facing um the timing being in the right timing in the mm-hmm. season with the Lord. Yes, we want to do things, but the, the Lord asks us to bring our plans before him. So that way he can let us know. Yes, I'm saying that, but here's the season that it belongs in. Exactly. So is there a reason that you thought the way that you perceived it versus perhaps it just being outside the timing of the Lord? Oh, I didn't think they were in trouble at all. I was just thinking that he's given them the opportunity to prepare themselves mentally. Oh, so to he was hear what he has to say. He was letting them know he was on his way. So if yes. there was something that they needed to get into alignment or prepare for his arrival, they could do it. Yes, it's like having oh, guests over. He okay. wants to know guests are coming instead of them ringing the doorbell. <laughs> and your house is a mess. <laughs> okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Thank okay. You. Thank you for clarifying that, sir. Because yes, there are two, uh, uh, say, perspectives that we can take. Right. And yes. So we'll start with what you brought up in verse 13, right? And that um, you brought up, honey, honey. And that is about preparedness. Now, Paul was clearly prepared and wanted to go to Rome, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's stated, but the, it gives the reasons why he was unable. It says he was hindered. I don't know about everyone else, but as I read that, I'm reminded of Daniel and how he sought for the answer right about the 70 weeks and the meaning and what the lord say and or the angel that the lord sent said as soon as you set your heart and you were willing to know right you received it i was sent with the answer immediately but then he says that he was resisted 
by the prince of Persia for 21 days, right? So he was there. He was on his way attempting to get to Daniel to deliver the answer that the Lord had sent him to deliver. But you run into obstacles, right? Well, I'll use your example of, okay, uh, chores or cleaning or whatever the case is, right? Yes. Okay, so let's just say, you know, God forbid, right, that, that something happened, I don't know, a fire or whatever, like, you know, just clearly that would be an obstacle and a hindrance to you accomplishing the cleaning or the chores or whatever the the example is, right? Yes. I wouldn't then expect the cleaning to be done if then you were trying to wrestle and grapple with putting out a fire, right? Yes. I would understand. There would be grace and mercy and all those things given, right? Yes. So, because that's a hindrance. It would prevent you from accomplishing what you were setting out to accomplish, if indeed you were setting out to accomplish it, right? Yes. There would still be evidence that you were setting out and attempting to accomplish what you had been charged with. Yes? Yes. Okay. But in there is also, as as was brought out, timing, right? How many times does Jesus say, but it's not your time, or in the in the proper time, and the time is now, right? So yes. up until that very moment, the time hadn't wasn't right for whatever it was in that moment, the miracle, the whatever it was that the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, or the Father, through the Holy Spirit, was having Christ do or say, minister, right? Yes. But then he's saying, no, now is the, the appropriate time, right? Yes. Okay, so there, there's a change. Timing matters. Jesus was always in the perfect will, and that includes the timing of the Father. He wasn't early, and he sure wasn't late, right? It was always moment to moment just staying in the perfect will and timing of the Father and when he was supposed to do things. And that matters. That's, that's an example for all of us. But it also goes, we'll, we'll go back a little bit. And, and Layla brought up this, this point about calling. And, and in there, we already have kind of discussed a little bit about structure. And Paul, in this letter to Romans, writes about structure. Right? And we can see that from the very beginning in his, his introduction. Right, He states what he is. And he first starts not with his position in Christ, right, his calling. He first states he's a bondservant. And then he states, what, called to be an apostle, right? He's a bondservant of Christ, and then called to be a bondservant. And then he says he has been separated to the gospel, to God, right? Yes. Yes. So he's, he's giving his his bona fides, his credentials, who he is and why he is what in the position that he's in, right? Yes. Yes. And then in verse 7, right, he says to everyone in Rome, you're called to be saints, right, which goes along with what he first, what he led with. Yeah, he's a bondservant, right? Yes. yes. You're called to be saints. You're called to be conformed to the image, all right, of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Yes. yes. And that's later in Romans, right? But we, we will, and we will cover that. But that's what we're all called to be. So he's making that known to them. And then you see later how he says, I'd like to uh, impart gifts to you. All right? But that also goes with what Layla was saying of it's not just about, uh, and we see that in Ephesians, 
All right, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. All right? Yes. Those are also gifts that are given. But, yes, as we covered in Corinthians, all right, there are other gifts, gifts of teaching, gifts of prophecy, and, and gifts of helps, and, and a, a number of other things. We see that throughout Scripture. Right? He's trying to also stirring people up, right? There's, he's establishing structure and trying to stir people up, as you, we were, you were discussing. Prepare them for, yes, Paul's arrival, but Paul didn't go anywhere, right, without the power and authority given and granted to him through Christ, right? So he's yes. preparing people for that as well, right? So saying, hey, these things are going to happen. You're going to see this. But this comes as a result of being separated, consecrated, saying, uh, yeah, separated to the Lord only, not all these other worldly things, living pure and clean and holy before God. Mm-hmm. Sanctified. Wa- sanctified, thank mm-hmm. you. Walking fully in the calling that he has called you to. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, first and foremost, is to, like he says to them, is to be a saint. Right? Yes. And then there are these other gifts and offices that the Lord chooses to give. If he gives you an office, it's still a gift. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he then gives those things. But it first comes with us choosing to be sanctified, set apart to the Lord, and walking in that, growing, maturing, moment to moment, day by day, in the things of the Lord. So, do we see how that all kind of comes together? Yes. Any questions on that? No. And and this is important because, again, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, this is the intro, introduction. This is the intro to this epistle, to this letter. And it helps set the tone for the remainder of the letter, for everything that that Paul is going to discuss with them. And and again, let's re- I'll say this. This is being sent prior to Paul's arrival. He has not, at this time, right, been to Rome. I don't, I don't even know if they know who Paul is, right? Yes. Maybe they've heard rumors about him. Who knows? We don't know. But he's writing this preemptively to kind of also help pave the way for when he does arrive physically, right? Yes. And set the tone and, and help them, yes, as you pointed out, Charles, prepare their hearts and their minds and help them to, to choose, right? To yes. either walk in and with the Lord or with the world, right? But he's coming to help establish a church, right? So he's, you could say he's sending out the, the structure and the game plan, Right, that the Lord has already given for the church, which is why this is so important. Mm-hmm. You also see Paul talking about um, a habit that he has of interceding for the fellow believers, that they'll be strengthened and gathered and kept near and close to Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, but also um, something you always uh, mention and admonish us on, Dean, is coming together as fellow believers, so that way each joint may supply 
what they're created to do to the rest of the body. And, you know, when we think about the Apostle Paul, you know, most of us go, wow, he was so, so in tune with the Lord and, you know, had this amazing walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ and all these gifts flowing through him. And he wrote most of the New Testament. I mean, like you, you know, we think of him as a, a really great example of a believer. And yet and still, just like our Lord and Savior, he needed to fellowship with other believers. God made us to be knitted and joined together in the bond of fellowship and love with Jesus Christ. Um, so that our the fullness of our gifts will be made manifest and they'll begin to flourish and will be complete. You know, thinking about Paul as an apostle, if he just stayed in the, you know, one room by himself, would he be who he is? Would he would we have seen the fullness of God mm. ministering through him if he was segregated all by himself, if he was isolated? We wouldn't have these writings. We wouldn't have this interaction. Excuse me. Because he would be isolated. But the Lord needs us to let him be God, let him be head, and let him minister through us collectively so that we're all full and replenished and able to flourish. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Those mm-hmm. are great points, especially the part about fellowship, because we can also look at that and say, even when Paul was, quote-unquote, isolated or in prison, right? Yes. He's, yes, he still wrote letters, but he still had other believers other Christians, followers of Christ, come and visit him. And he passed those letters to them and, and clearly ministered and had conversations and fellowship with them to help encourage them and admonish them and build them up and then send them to others mm-hmm. on his behalf, mm-hmm. or on the Lord's behalf through him, right? He was used by the Lord to, to do that for everything, right? The equipping of the saints, for the strength, just like it says in Ephesians 4, right? That's what those gifts, those offices are for. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a different thing. There's times where the Lord does set us apart and go, mm-hmm. okay, I need you to have this quiet time one-on-one with me mm-hmm. so I can um, work through you or fill you up or reteach you something or um, indoctrinate you, if you will, yes. with the things of God because maybe there's distractions or things of that nature. But that's very different than us isolating ourselves, than us um, mm-hmm. pulling ourselves away from the communion and fellowship that God has appointed for us. So all things being done in their season and at the behest and guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, if he says, come away with me and be quiet, that's what the Lord, <laughs> but us doing it on our own is something very different. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it would be easy to believe that um, as we understand uh, personalities and different mm-hmm. styles, Paul was probably a person that enjoyed spending time by himself. Mm. He put it very easily uh, withdrawn. Uh, he didn't consider himself a great orator, right? So he, mm-hmm. I don't think he really enjoyed um, the larger crowds and presenting to people. I think he was probably a guy that would really have been comfortable by himself. I also, um, um, and John, you may be able to cite some more scripture, but I think it's what I understand and believe is that um, there's also the part that um, Paul knew or intended at one level for this letter to be circulated. So it was never intended just for the, the Romans. So even though he hadn't been to Rome, there was always that component, what he was writing, he was expecting it to get circulated mm-hmm. and for other believers within the church, within the mm-hmm. other churches, um, we're going to get taught and admonished and built up mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing that just struck me, you know, I always like to jump over to the interlinear mm-hmm. um, and look at some of the original words. I just think there's just so much fullness for us, the English language is so limited. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so trying to get some more fullness and so sometimes the definitions to me speak you mm-hmm. know quite a bit and so when we look at set apart um set apart um comes uh from afarizo um and the definition of that word is to mark off by boundaries from wow. mm-hmm. or set apart mm-hmm. when i thought about that I was like to, to mark off from boundaries from Mm-hmm. We think about boundaries. Um, you know, we live in interesting political climate now, and mm-hmm. so um, right now in America, we're talking about borders and border security, and what other countries are doing with borders about who comes in, who comes out. And so, I, I, I immediately now think about what am I doing that I've really established my borders myself personally, mm-hmm. that I'm that I am separating the information that's coming into me from the world. Wow. And okay. really making sure that what's what's being imparted into me is from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I'm clear in that. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, Paul really had a clear definition. I am I'm set apart. I mean, look at what he came from. Right. Right. From this pharisaical just man, you know, like the, the, the of the intelligentsia, as it were, of his time, right? The elite, right, that he had defined his whole self and being and who had built his whole life to become and had achieved it mm-hmm. and at the height of it at the extreme height of it he has this encounter with christ and it's just ripped apart and completely redefined right those boundaries for him and what he's supposed to do with that so mm-hmm. just amen it certainly spoke to me amen to that absolutely and it, so uh, the exact scriptures i'll, I'll let you search out but it says um uh, i love how you talked about the borders the lord tells us in scripture to guard our gates mm-hmm. right guard your gate what what comes before our eyes or or what we hear or what we listen to right and also um that's that's in the little foxes spoil the vine they do defense <laughs> we talked about that a bit yeah yes but also in, in isaiah 11 right it talks about the lord and it talks about um the Holy Spirit and and all these different aspects of the Holy Spirit, but then it says how um, the Lord Jesus is not going to judge by what his eyes see or what his ears hear, mm-hmm. right? But he's also guarding his gates, and he says that not in so many words, right? But he says how he is listening to the Father, right? I only say what the Father says to say. I only mm-hmm. do what the Father says to do, and he says that multiple times throughout the Gospels, right? But why? Because of how he was living. And he defined his ministry in Isaiah 61, right? Uh, the first couple, two, three verses. But if you look at Isaiah 61 and compare that with Isaiah 58, when he talks about fast, Isaiah talks about fasting. And, and the Lord says, is this not the fast I would choose, which I believe is Isaiah 58, verse 6 through the end of the chapter. It mirrors exactly what is said in Isaiah 61. They're identical. All the same things will be accomplished. So, in that sense, it's not so much about a fast of of going without food or drink, right? Or yeah. for some people, it's without internet or whatever the case <laughs> is, right? <laughs> there's, there's a number of different fasts mm-hmm. that people choose to do. Or, mm-hmm. But the premise is always the same. It's about buffeting the flesh, getting the flesh under control, why and the why is it so we can hear clearly hear what the lord is speaking to us instantly it's not hard to hear it's not difficult to hear right 
use? It shouldn't be. Right? It's, it's cleaning our ears out and getting all the things that, that would hinder us from hearing clearly and accurately what's being stated to us. Right? But we're also told that in Scripture. Be careful how you hear. So, so as it pertains to Isaiah 58, is about living a fasted life where there's nothing hindering us from clearly and accurately hearing what the Spirit is speaking to us in the very moment. So in tune with the Lord, right? And, but that's the pattern example given to us in Christ. And we see the, I'll say, the effects of living that fasted life. Because Jesus had amazing results. But then he goes on to tell us, hey, the works that I do, you'll do greater works. Well, how do we expect, how do we, how can we, as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, expect to do greater works if we're not doing it Christ's way? The way, living in the way that Jesus walked. How, how can we? The answer is we can't. Nor should we have that expectation. I'm not saying the Lord can't use and you and minister through you, right? But yes. the whole point and purpose, and we'll, as we will read in especially Romans 8, is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Well, then I have to do things Christ's way. Mm-hmm. That, right? Christ didn't even do things His way. His way was, or His will, was to do the Father's will. That's what I, what I mean by, I can't do things my own way. I have to do align my way, my will, with the Father's and subject, submit my will to the Father's, giving Him preeminence, giving Him authority to rule and reign in my life and have His way over the situation. Because he, His ways, His thoughts, they're not ours, they're higher than ours, they're complete. They lack nothing and only accomplish good. Only accomplish good. But then I love the other point you brought up, Dean, about the, um, uh, I'll say it's a given that he expected the letters to be circulated through the church. And you see that throughout many of the letters he wrote. It's always to the church in Corinth or to the church in Galatia, or right? Not just one church. He's talking about every church, every body, group of believers in that place. Whether it's home churches, whether it's churches that were established and using synagogues, right, as their place of worship or meeting. Yes, he expected things to be disseminated. So everybody could could come into the I'll say the full knowledge of the Lord as the Lord had revealed it to Paul, which didn't contradict anything the Lord had revealed to any of the other apostles or any of the other prophets and throughout the Old Testament. It was just establishing a structure, right? And the structure was already founded, and you saw it primarily established in Christ. And it's what the prophets in the of old or of the Old Testament discussed throughout the entirety of what the Lord was revealing to them. When Christ came, it was made more full, more clear. And Paul, right, as, as he says in Corinthians and other places, be careful how they build. Right? I'm building on it as a wise master builder, but I'm building on the foundation established in Christ. 
right? Yes. yes. So there's structure being created here. But it's being created in accordance with what's already been established, what's already been revealed through Christ and in Christ. And he's allowing Christ to build the house, right? Which yes. you see that in the Old, or read that in the Old Testament. Right? Unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. Which goes back to what we were just saying earlier. Right? Just a few minutes ago. About when we go to do things, we should be doing them Christ's way. Submitting our will to his will. It's not good thoughts or good ideas. Not good intentions. We have to bring all those things, all those plans, in a subjection and submission to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Especially if we want his results. You know, it's interesting you mention that, because in the context of Paul, and um, in the, um, we'll say the religious circles of his time, um, he would have been considered, you know, a high scholar. Was it a Gamaliel? Gamaliel? Gamaliel. Or Gamaliel. Or he sat under him yes. as a student. And so um, here's Paul who now uh, several thousand years later in history we get to evaluate him as he is bringing the fullness of the Old Testament through the mindset of Christ uh, or through the understanding of who Christ fully is. Mm-hmm. And so that now the Old Testament is properly applied, and you look at it as apart from Christ, how he had applied it, that he was killing mm-hmm. or involved with the killing of the Christians who understood it, right? So what the, 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 the how the outcome that he had as his view of the Old Testament apart from Christ and then how he had it as from you know with the view of Christ in that, mm-hmm. and so how important that is to tie all that back together. And Absolutely, yeah. It's just it's just amazing the contrast of thinking of who this person is and, or who this person was, and yet the yes. conclusion that he drew from the Old Testament mm-hmm. without Christ justified murdering people. Right. It just mm-hmm. shows how far a way we can get from how Christ intended it when we approach things from a natural point and perspective, right? But we see in Galatians how, yes, even after Paul came to Christ, he preached for three years, and then the Lord brought him out in the wilderness for 14 years to uh, reteach, relearn him, as it were, right? Fine tune. <laughs> yes, but he had to undo, right? And then and we'll, this is important because this is something that happens in all our lives, right? Mm-hmm. We learn things a certain way. And then when we allow Christ to come in and, and show us and teach us his ways, when we are willing to do that, we find we have to... Uh, unteach. Yes. Uh, unteach. Right. The old he, ha- he has yeah. to unlearn. We have to unlearn some things that we held pretty dear and, and we're applying to our lives. We have to unlearn those things, allow him to uproot them and replace them with truth, which is his word, which is Christ, mm-hmm. so that we can move forward, right? And for Paul, it, it uh, and this is Paul, right? And of course, we, we hold, his, you know, of course, it's the Lord's words and what he's speaking through Paul, right? But we hold this so dear, right? Uh, in the entire New Testament, we should hold all of the word in the same way because mm-hmm. uh, it literally just is repeating itself for every generation. Mm-hmm. It, it, 
it's a repetition in all things, which is why when we have this morning Bible study, you'll see us, uh, I'll say, jump to all these different places and, and references or cross-references, and some are going to be in your Bibles and some are, are not. It's just what the Lord has shown and revealed to us, right? But we see how it connects. And, and you know, the Lord continues to repeat himself for every generation so we can all enter into this uh, I'll say mindset, which is the mind of the Lord, right? And having his thoughts and his ways on everything and every aspect. Mm-hmm. But we have to be willing. Mm-hmm. And Paul had to, well, I'll say it in this way, Paul also had to submit to the process, as do we. It took 14 years after he was already preaching, right? 14 years in the wilderness for the Lord to, I'll say, reteach Paul in the way that he meant. And you could argue for a number of different ways, right? But this would just be natural-minded, natural thinking, right? And part of it being because he learned so much already, right, that there was much more to undo, so it took longer, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality of things is is it doesn't matter. It it comes down to our willingness to make that choice to learn things the Lord's way, Mm -hmm. to have his perspective on it. And it's a continuing process. You know, Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4 call it renewing the mind or being renewed in the spirit of your mind. So Paul had to actually go through that process just like we do. And, you know, when Dean, when you were mentioning about how he had to hear from God so he could view the Old Testament accurately. You remember when Jesus was raised from the dead, when he walked on the journey on the road with his disciples, he did the same thing. He explained the scriptures where it talked about him, things that they had known from Mm -hmm. their childhood and recited day after day, you know, every time they wake up in the morning or their feet touch the ground or they eat the meal or whatever it is that they were doing, Jesus had to go back and help them renew their mind and see him in those scriptures where they had literally walked with him, but still could not see him in the word as he was supposed to be seen as he is accurately and actually included he is the word right but i was talking about him and foretelling his life and um, ministry and presence and deity so that same process is repeated with paul Mm -hmm. and us hallelujah and us and it continues until the lord returns amen so let's pause there for today because there's a lot (laughs) it's a lot we've discussed a lot to i'll say digest but to really just have the holy spirit minister to you right and um and if there's any questions on anything that we've said, please don't hesitate. Email us uh, at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. Contacts, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear from you. One, if you have questions, but also if there are prayer requests or if there are, um, you, you just want to let us know how the Lord has ministered to you mm-hmm. in and through this podcast. We'd mm-hmm. love to connect with you, fellowship with you, hear from you, and mm-hmm. you know, just begin a relationship in the Lord together. Amen. So. Um, could I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to learn to have that deep and intimate relationship with you where you teach us your ways, God, and you teach us personally that you walk with us as we go on this journey. Lord, we thank you for the, our listeners and our partners, those people that gather together in prayer and to help us to support this ministry, God, as we continue to pursue what it is you've called this ministry to do. Lord, we thank you for every life that you've touched through this ministry. And God, continue to intercede on their behalf and move on their behalf, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.